And now for your listening pleasure, here's Polizzi and Rose, covering the week of media, marketing, and digital content news. This old marketing. Take it away, boys. Hello, my friends. This is Robert Rose, and welcome to episode number 348 of This Old Marketing for November 1st, 2022. Now, wait a minute. For those of you paying attention at home and playing at home with the home version of our game, yes, we are releasing a couple of days early. Because of the fast-moving news with our friends at Twitter, consider this your early bird episode. That's right. And with me, as always, my good friend, my colleague, and one of the only guys in the U.S. who didn't get suspended from Instagram yesterday, Mr. Joe Polizzi. You know what? You, I didn't hear all the Instagram news. Uh, I, I knew that... Did the, you hear this news? What news is that? What news are we talking that about? More than 7,000 at last report. It could be even more than that. I would guess way more than that. Um People were accidentally, as Instagram has somehow come out, uh, suspended from Instagram yesterday. Literally, account shut down, taken off of Instagram, big message, your account has been suspended. And the only reason I know this and I'm intimately familiar with it is because my very upset wife was one of them. Oh, you're kidding me. No, should I get this, you know, and we're not in the, together right now. She's up at our place in the, the up north, up in Montecito, and... and uh, I get this panicked email from her, you know, and I should be really clear. My wife posts pictures of, you know, cute birds and sunsets and, you know, rocks and stuff that are in the shape of hearts, right? It's, you know, there's nothing controversial about her account at all. And so I get this panicked text message from her saying, they suspended me. Like Instagram suspended me. What the deal? So I went and looked on Instagram and sure enough, yeah, big, you know, big bold letters on her account. This account has been suspended. And it's like, what the hell? You know, and and then she got, you know, like, if you disagree with this, click this thing, your code will get sent to your phone. She of course clicked yes, no code gets sent. You know, it's it's all a big, you know, cluster F. And all I'm like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, Well, I'll guess I'll just you know, I'll wait it out and see what happens. And then I went online and saw this news item that said, yeah, Instagram accidentally yesterday suspended thousands of accounts, thousands and thousands of accounts. And I texted her back and said, you know, here's the deal. You just got to wait this out until they fix the bug. But what was amazing to me was, you know, she was emotional about it. She was, you know, she was really, big deal. really upset. It's a yeah, big deal. Really upset. Which just shows us how tied we are to these platforms. I mean, emotionally tied we are to these platforms. But, you know, and I'm not throwing my wife under the bus here. You know, hers is a very casual account. It's not like she makes a living off of it or anything, you know. So, but, you know, she's, she was a, you know, she was not happy. It was, <laughs> it was a, it's a big deal. It's, it's so crazy. Actually, a, a friend, friend of, of yours and mine had that happen with Facebook. And it was the, yeah. the 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 Facebook account was hacked, and then right. she could never get access back to the account, and nothing would happen. So this is weeks and weeks go by, and nothing could could nothing happen. So she created a brand new Facebook account, started friending everybody, populating it, really trying to catch up for lost time, all that stuff, and then. Facebook blocked that account and took it away oh, from her no. and suspended her because she because they said it was a it, duplicate account. A duplicate account. Do you believe yeah. that? Good lord! Has it? Have they fixed that at no, this point? Or no, it, they have not. It, oh I, my I believe gracious. the last I heard is it's a lot of ugliness. It's not nice at all. And obviously, both meta, meta companies, Instagram and Facebook, having issues. Yeah. I heard well, that there were. I, I heard that yesterday was a big bot issue. Like they were trying to get rid of all these bots, but obviously, in your wife's case, not a bot account. Uh, yeah, not it, really. No. It was, it was crazy, and you know, and of course, her first, you know, I mean, and I didn't do myself any favors to be honest with you by responding to this. You know, she said, "Have I been hacked?" Right. So, cause, you know, she sees that and she thinks I've been hacked. Um, and she's like, you know, should I worry about my Facebook account? Should I worry about my Twitter account? You know. And I'm like, well, they're different passwords for those things. So, no, I wouldn't worry about that too much. I said, but, you know, if your Facebook password 
is the same as your Instagram password, it's worth going and changing because I don't know her passwords. And um, and so she said, no, it's not. She's But she was still concerned that she'd been hacked and that, you know, her bank account was going to be hacked. And, you know, she was, you know, upset. And and I, <laughs> I said, well, worst case scenario is that somebody got control of your account. And this is before I knew about the news item. I said, worst case is that somebody got control of your account, was posting something really awful, and Instagram caught it right away and suspended the account. So that's, yeah. that's the worst case. And she said, you know, and of course, what she heard when I said that was, someone has hacked your account, they're getting into our bank accounts as we speak, and they're probably going to break into our house later tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, so I was like, you know, lesson learned there. But the the point being, yeah, it's, it's you know, the assumption is uh, bad, really bad people are doing bad things. And so you got to, you just got to take a breath and go, listen, it's not, you know, it's most likely their fault. You know, I think we're just, this is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to this kind of stuff, because as we're yeah, so connected I online, I mean, I've had some people go through this with a, their financial identity as well. I mean, the whole thing is scary when we have no control over it. And you've got these big institutions that are giving out email addresses and getting hacked. Oh. And then, I mean, this is, this is, it's going to be the the crisis of our time for about a four or five year period, I think. So yeah. prepare now for that. I don't know what that means. Does that mean like we sell all of our holdings and, and I don't know, trade them in for nickels? I would like to just have nickels. I want to <laughs> put right, my Grandpa. entire retirement into nickels. But not not in today's nickels. Nickels when it was actually nickel. I see. Yeah, like yeah. from the forties. Actual actual nickel. Actual yeah. nickel. Actual nickel yeah. and silver dollars. I think that that's the way to go. Then we'll all be yeah. We'll all be protected. Okay, I have to. <laughs> you already know. You have this. to gloat. I know. Yeah. You already know this. No, I'm gonna, We're going to talk about the Browns in a second. But I'm a little bit off kilter today because I'm eating no solid foods. And I'm just drinking clear liquids. I'm having a procedure tomorrow. I'm not going to say what it is. It's it's just a routine procedure that you get when you're of a certain age. But I've yeah. learned that you can't eat solid foods the day before. And I haven't done that no. since, I don't know, I was a baby. I've always had solid foods during Remind the day. me, are you allowed to have things like chicken soup? I can have chicken broth. Chicken broth, yes. yeah, that's what I mean. And I've had yeah, you can have I've chicken had, broth. Uh, a lot of lemon jello today. Okay, My beautiful yeah, yeah. wife has supplied me with with so much jello. I I can't be happier than I am right now because of all nice. the jello. Yellow jello. That's, <laughs> that's just that's just not fun at all. And I really that's wanted no, you know what I really wanted. No fun I really wanted a diet yeah. coke today. But nah, I can't, you're not getting that. No, yeah. you, can't you can't drink anything that. that you have to. It has to be at least see through in some way, and you can't do anything purple or red. Right. That's I'm right. sure people know what we're talking about, but whatever. So I'm a little bit uh, cranky. Maybe I've been told I've been not as cranky as you're going to be tomorrow. <laughs> let me be. Let me be really clear about that. <laughs> I've been told you're going to be a lot crankier I've tomorrow. Been told I've been cranky, yeah. but on to good news. Yeah. Uh, you were texting me last night as as the Cleveland Browns I were was. winning. I thought you would be at the game. So we made a decision not to go, and I was forwarded this decision because I did an analysis, Robert, and the analysis told me that every time that Joe goes to a football game, the Browns lose. Yeah. And that's it's pretty much the way it's been for the last few years. And I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't go. Maybe they'll play different. And, it's a good A B test. And yeah. it was probably the best game they played in three years. It really they were on fire last night. They were they were playing lights out defense. Defense for was sure. great. I mean, they gave up yeah. thirteen points in junk time, which I think were pretty much meaningless, but everything yeah. was, was all systems go yesterday. So I'm very I mean, nothing like what your Cowboys did on Sunday. Congratulations. They look fantastic. Thanks. Yeah, that was they yeah. You're, they are you better. six and one They're or five and better. two? What are you? Five and two five right two. now. Fantastic. Yeah. So now yeah. here's the thing. If, if those of you who've been listening, uh, when we did our predictions, football predictions episode, I predicted that by the time Deshaun Watson became quarterback, which would be week 13, including the bye week, that means 11 games go by. And I predicted that the Browns would be six and five. Right now, the Browns are three and five. 
So it is still statistically possible that we get that six to five and I make that prediction. But at the same time, I cannot go to a game anymore, Robert, because well, the proof is in last night, right? I guess, yeah. The proof is in the, the, proof the, is the in yellow the test, jello. Yeah. Do they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe maybe they'll find up there whatever bug crawled up there to make the Browns too bad, and they'll get rid of it for oh you. Oh my God! So, so yeah, yeah. So, anyways, we're we're all very happy. I did watch the game last night. They played. Tremendously nice. well, and we'll we'll see how it goes. But I was rooting for the Cowboys on Sunday, and I'm I I I did not know if uh, Dak coming back was going to be the right move. But oh, but it really is. But he's good. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's yeah. A, he's it really a solid is. quarterback. Definitely a top seven solid quarterback. quarterback. And just you know, it's a different offense when he's on the field. Just clearly, right? You know, so it's that they just they just open up so much more. Well, you, you know, know what? Just, you, you know the other thing, and and I love. Ezekiel Elliott, but I, I think Pollard's the better running back. Really do. Well, there's no doubt at this part of their career, you know, Pollard is the better running back. But the problem is, is that you can't, you can't really compare the two because if you ran Pollard, you know, Pollard averages 13 to 15 carries in a game, you know, and, and Zeke is probably doing, I don't know, high 20s. Um, and you just, you can't, you can't subject a Pollard type running back to that level of punishment and expect the scene. You know, it's like you just can't. I don't know. Just, they used to say that about Barry. They used to say that about Barry Sanders because of his size and and Barry did just fine. I, I don't. I mean, Pollard's a little bit smaller than that, but he's not a, a lot smaller. Yeah, he's know. not a. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a thin, wiry guy. I mean, he's wiry. He's why it's wiry. He's wiry. He's what. <laughs> All right, okay. now <laughs> we can probably <laughs> get to the show. Half the listeners yeah. have already tuned out. Yeah, well, this is the yellow considering Jello the topics episode. we've covered, yeah, yellow jello, you know, don't eat the purple, and uh, the Cleveland Browns, right? There you go. Yellow, purple, and brown. Not, we got it all covered. I can guarantee you. you that this is the only podcast in the world that's covering those topics. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's absolutely. that's why you everyone pays the big money. To subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Wait a minute. I was unaware yes. of such Oh, yes. Uh, I've been collecting I've been collecting all the <laughs> subscriber revenue for years, I and I never told you. I see. Yeah. I see. Well, let's get to sure. our show uh, before you go completely off the rails. Uh, <laughs> and we've got basically kind of a special episode, but you know we are going to cover the news. But we're doing this early. Uh, as I said at the top of the show, and the reason for that is because there has been so much news around that musky scent of Twitter, which is now the stench of dollars and desperation. Uh, and and there's a lot to cover here, so we'll cover all of those aspects, including how they may be working on a Vine reboot, uh, why the message is now like, pay me my money. Uh, should somebody build a competitor? Uh, and now that he's Lord of the Manor, he dissolves the board, lays off workers, and of course, the wonderful hate speech and racism reemerges as one of the prominent uh, trending topics on on Twitter. Um, if we've got a little bit of time, we'll also cover a little bit of our friends at Meta and what's going on there. Um, but uh, otherwise, we're just going to talk about. We're going to talk about Twitter uh, for this episode. And then, of course, we will do rants and raves uh, where I'm going to rant uh, or rave, I should say, a little bit about dynamic paywalls and uh, what's coming with regards to artificial intelligence on that score. And I think it's really interesting. And Joe is going to talk about also artificial intelligence and talk about some of the creation tools that are available out there. So uh, interesting stuff, I think. Well, Well, you know, if you're into Twitter, as it were. Well, I, you know, I we talked about this. I think it's important because so many of our listeners are on Twitter, and and if you're a content creator, oh, uh, we, absolutely, you have some decisions to make. I think there are decisions that we will need to make in the next coming weeks about well, and how how yeah. much time you want to spend on this platform. So, yeah, that is that is true, and those decisions are being made. You know, one of the stories that we won't cover is how many people, uh, celebrities especially, are saying out loud that they're they're out they're you know they're tapping out of twitter um but we'll start 
we'll start with a couple of uh, news stories that let me just lay out the discussion sure. and get your take on here, uh, which is the first is that Twitter has announced that one, uh, Elon Musk has let go of the board, basically dissolved the board. And so now is really the sole board member or the sole director, as it were. So everything that's coming out of Twitter is up to him these days. Um, and one of the first things he's done is to announce that he's going to uh, create a 25% workforce reduction. Uh, this according to Reuters, as we get this uh, news here. And basically, uh, as Musk has fired Tweet CEO Parag Agro. Agrawal, I can never get his name right, uh, Finance Chief uh, Ned Siegel and Legal Affairs Policy Chief uh, Vijay, uh, Vijaya, Vijaya uh, God. Uh, this, again, I'm struggling with those what? names. My, my Are apologies. You, I don't even know what you're talking about. I have no idea. But, but uh, anyway, I'm not, I'm not going to continue that because that's going down a really weird road. All right. Completion of their 44 billion buyout saga is complete. And now he's laying off 25% of the workers and dissolving the board. However, as he comes back, he says all sorts of wonderful new products are on their way, including paying for a blue check mark, which maybe I can finally get my blue check mark. Oh, yes, you I can. Pay pay this subscription fee for that but basically also saying that he's going to take away the blue check mark from those who have already gotten them unless they subscribe uh to the twenty dollars per month uh as what i understand it uh fee for twitter blue and as he's also announced uh they may actually be working on a vine remember vine reboot uh, Elon Musk, apparently, this is according to Axios, has instructed Twitter engineers to work on a Vine reboot that could be ready by year end. Uh, basically, Twitter had shuttered that whole product uh, and tried to sell it, which they couldn't. Um, basically, according to one source, it needs a lot of work. Um, so what say you to all this? I mean, he's making no short order of making a ton of changes. None of them seem terribly great honestly but but what what is your take it's, on it's so this? it's so interesting to see management by twitter by just throwing out ideas and getting feedback in a lot of ways it's not horrible it just it's almost like just the way it's done just seems tacky more than anything else because of the fact that dun dun duh he has not even met with the twitter employees yet right i mean right. and apparently has brought in a bunch of uh tesla engineers to either check on the Twitter engineer's code or to actually bring them on to the engineering team. So he's bringing Tesla engineers into Twitter now and assumably making them the Twitter engineer's bosses. That's got to be going over really well. Well, that's, I mean, if you are a Tesla stakeholder, you've got to be really concerned about this because he's spending (laughs) so much time focusing on Twitter right now. And you're going to say, okay, who are the best of the best from Tesla? We're just going to bring them on over here. And we're, we're going to remove you from working on one of the most amazing technological projects of our time, this electric car thing that he's working on. And, yeah, that's right. And we're, going, we're, we're basically going to move you over to uh, you know, people arguing over you know, the cost of milk. I mean, are you that's serious right. that yeah. this is – I really – that's, that's an important point. That's an important point to bring up because I've spent my career – working pretty closely with software engineers, right? I spent the first eight years of of my startup life working with, and a big piece of my consulting life, working with coders. And I will tell you, with almost zero exception, they care deeply about what they're working on. They care deeply about... And so you bring over an engineer that's working on, like to your point, the interface for an electric car or something that's going to deploy an airbag based on speed reduction time per second, you know, I mean, important things. And you tell them your next job is to figure out how the blue check applies to this subscription payment of $20 a month. That's an unhappy engineer. I will tell you that they may do it, but they're not happy about it. I can tell you that. Well, and it's not... Let's take it a step further here and just so dissolving the board. So it's just Elon and it's Elon and his friends. Right. So who is Elon looking at for advice right now? Well, you've got Jason Calacanis. So Jason is there. 
uh, you know, Mr. <laughs> oh South God. by Southwest. I know, I know uh, yeah. Mr. Yeah. South by Southwest, and, and I'm not putting Jason down, but no. J- Jason has a very particular way of thinking, <laughs> and he's probably coming up with some really interesting ideas for Mr. Musk. Uh, and then you've yeah. got people like Mr. Beast, Jimmy Donaldson out there saying, I know what you can do. You can beat TikTok by doing this or something else. And Elon's peaked. I mean, hey, you've got the number one YouTuber there. He must know something. So Elon's saying, how can we be better than TikTok? This is all happening in real time. This yeah, he's arguing with nuts. Stephen King. He's he, he's on Twitter arguing with Stephen King over whether they should charge for the blue check mark because Stephen King is basically the writer Stephen King, by the way, who says, eh. 20 bucks a month for the blue check mark i'm out he's tapping out and elon's like huh but well what if i what if i did this or what if we did he's basically having a focus group with stephen king on twitter it's like what circus have we joined where this is normal well i think the interesting thing and you brought this up already and we'll put a couple of these threads in the show notes of course but they're talking about all right uh blue check mark you want it it's going to be 20 bucks eight bucks whatever it's going to be so there's no additional value here. There's just like, oh, you want to keep it? You you must pay us. And all these ideas that keep coming out is to basically say, okay, well, customers of Twitter, you know, we don't care if you've helped build this platform for the last decade plus. Um, you now have to pay to be on it. Now, we've talked about, and Scott Galloway, Professor Prof G, has talked about this quite a bit, about ways to monetize. And if you have Twitter... Uh, users, power users that have millions of people that are following them. Yes, should could you should you charge them? Possibly, whatever. But I think that the way that Elon is coming at it and basically say, "Oh, you got to pay now. We got to pay bill. We got to pay the bills. Got to pay the bills. So you better pay me." <laughs> he's got a big yeah. He's got a big bill to pay. For I mean, sure. yes, yeah. exactly. But it's just interesting to go about it, and I think that's why you're seeing a lot of people leave the platform. It's just. I, when you have a person that they, you know, you have such a big ego, right or wrong, coming in here, uh, it's definitely not at what we've seen over the past few years of companies caring about their customers, figuring out their pain points, how can we help you, and at the same time, who are the most important customers that Twitter has? Their employees. You haven't, to our knowledge, now maybe it's happened, we don't know, we're just looking at the news, but they seem pretty outgoing about it. They haven't had a meeting with their most important stakeholders yet. So if you are a Twitter Twitter employee, you have to be feeling horrible at this point. It's kind of like if you're a rally creator. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, that's a little inside. Robert and I have been having some issues with rally.io and communication since we're both on the rally network. That's another episode entirely. But (laughs) I can definitely feel... For the Twitter employees on that one, yeah, it's yeah, I do too. I, I really do too. You know, and and not to put, you know, not to put emotions in, you know, sort of in in any sort of projecting way, but but you know, maybe some of them are excited about the new changes and what's going to happen here and et cetera. You know, I guess those would be the ones that you know, part of the seventy five percent that aren't going to get laid off. But but you know, and and maybe a portion of them are truly excited for the opportunities and changes, but. You know, it is. I I can't imagine that the uncertainty is making the majority of those that are staying excited. Right? It's just it's too chaotic. You know, the one thing that you want in any kind of job is is that the reason you take a job and you don't start your own thing is because you want predictability. Yeah. You want sort of the, you know, and it's hard to know right now whether. Twitter is the next MySpace and going to go into a flaming ball of you know what, or if it's actually going to make a turnaround, right? Because I certainly don't, you know, I, I don't look at, you know, him trying to monetize and make immediate changes to the monetization scheme as a bad thing. But, you know, doing so in the way that he's doing it, it just strikes me as unproductive. And disheartening for those employees that have been, no doubt, working on this. I'm absolutely positive that nothing he has proposed thus far hasn't been well discussed in the halls of Twitter in San Francisco. I'm sure, you know, the 
subscription for the blue check mark, the uh, ability to add things, analytics, the ability to bring back Vine. I'm sure those are well-worn conversations and for whatever reason just haven't gotten out of you know, hibernation yet. And so to talk about them in a way that says, maybe, uh, you know, it depends on how I feel today, is, is not the kind of thing that makes you go, yes, let's, yep. let's, that's exciting. It's just, it's just, it, it's very, di- it's, it's disheartening, I guess is the, is the word for it. And people, and you coupled with that with the whole free speech thing and the, you know, the, the continual, you know, I don't know if you saw Chris Penn's analysis of the use of the N word, how it's just, it's gone through the roof. Yeah, why don't you, know, you why don't you is, go through that? It, basically, what happened is is that as soon as Elon took over, you, the the use of anti-Semitic, uh, you said the N word, uh, it just went off the charts. Correct? Is that a it real went thing? off the charts? And and yeah, and Chris Penn did an analysis where he sort of graphed it, and you can just it's it's stark. I mean, the amount of of hate speech and the increase of it over the last couple of but weeks. nothing to nothing's uh, been changed. Like nothing has changed no, yet. Right. Basically, Elon has said we're not changing anything for right now. But just the fact that there was a change in ownership that spurred everything, right? That's what you're telling well, me. Well, sure, because now you can go on and say whatever you want. You got to figure the people that are behind the wheel of suspending accounts or doing those things are like have their finger not on their keyboard right now. I mean, they're like, I'm not touching this. I, you know, I don't know whether I should suspend this person or not. Or you so know, it's what's pretty the- much open season. Yeah, it's it's right. It's just open season on whatever you want to say at the moment, because it's it's like when the substitute teacher comes into the room and, you know, you're just going to trash the classroom until somebody says stop because there's no rules right now. The the homeroom teacher is gone. And it's you know, it's it's the I don't know where it's 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 very it's like the line. It's like the line to, to sign up uh, in blazing sand, saddles. Right. It's pretty much that. Right, you're just getting the yeah. worst of the worst people that are all getting in line saying, "Hey, it's okay. We can be bad." Yeah, and this guy's going to lead us there. So that's sad. I guess the you before we if we talk about the the meta thing, I do, what do you think about? So just to be helpful to people listening to this, right. there is a national security issue here that you know part of one of the links. That oh, we'll you're on that again. No, no, no. Gonna, it's oh, in the links. Oh, oh. It's it's okay. somewhere in there, all right? right? Is yeah, that yeah. an issue at all? Because this is you know you've got so many countries, including Saudi Arabia, that's backing Twitter now. Or you think that's a non-issue? Uh, you know, I don't put the level of importance on that. I understand that concern. Uh, and maybe I'm being Pollyanna about this whole thing. Maybe I'm not as, uh, maybe I'm not as uh, conspiracy about, theory as, yeah, as I am. Just, uh, uh, well, I'm just, uh, I mean, it's very possible that I'm, uh, I'm a little too naive about this. So let me just state that at the, at the front. Um, but the, 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 the crux of it is I don't, necessarily worry about that nearly as much as I worry about Elon and some of the conversations he's had with things like Ukraine and and others with regard to things like Starlink, right? And that was a that was a big to do, right? Making ostensibly making policy around providing communications equipment to the Ukrainian government um, for, you know, in, a, in the middle of a war. So, and good or bad on, on, you know, on those things, which is, I just think his, the sort of Tony Stark, <laughs> Iron Man, you know, nature of Elon Musk concerns me more than, uh, than whether or not, you know, governments are on Twitter and what's going to happen there with censorship and all that stuff. I think the bigger issue for everyone listening to this is, that should I stay or should I go? No, right, yeah, to I, I think clash. that I yeah. think that there was a time a couple of years ago when we thought that all these platforms were going to last forever. And of course, if you look at history, they never do. No, the greatest of the great companies generally don't survive. If you look at the turnover in the S and P five hundred, I think over the past fifty years, it's something like sixty or seventy percent of of companies in and out 
taken over, gone out of business, whatever. So you just have to have the mentality if you're having your employees on this platform or it's part of your content marketing strategy that tomorrow it may be gone or the rules may have changed. And if you keep that mentality, you're going to be okay. For whatever you do on Twitter, you're probably going to be fine. If you have some some way that you're building a relationship with audience or communicating, creating amazing content experiences for your audience in another way that you can control the distribution, the data, and the content. And you can't do that on Twitter. You can't control the distribution, the data, or the content. So what do we do? And you have to make a decision. And I think it's it's one of those times where, and I know it's all too soon. And, you know, these all, it's funny, all these news articles that you're talking about, they've all come out in the last 48 hours. Right. This is right. nuts how much news there is around there because it's all speculation. We don't know. You're, to your point, probably nothing has happened. Uh, we don't know how fast things will move, but maybe now that half of the engineering force at Tesla's over there, who knows how quickly. Uh, we can uh, make things happen. But I would just say, be careful. Be careful. Yeah. Well, I think one of the things that comes out of this is, as, and we'll link to this in the show notes as well, which is there's an article about there may be no better time to launch a competitor to Twitter than right now. Um, there are a lot of people who would, who would, I think, jump to something else. Right, right at this moment. And, you know, the article that we'll link to is is from TechCrunch, and the headline is, forget the metaverse, meta should make a new Twitter. That may be the bigger opportunity for something like a Facebook. But, you know, uh, or some other new competitor. There was a competitor that Jack Dorsey is launching, and I just signed up for the, uh, for the beta of it. Um, it's supposed to be this new, I don't know if you've heard of it, this new decentralized version of a social network where it's, you know, going to be all web three and focused on uh, decentralized social media where I've, nobody knows your ID. Yeah. And you can give whatever private, yeah, whatever considerations on privacy you want to, whatever information yeah. is out there. Now, is this correct that, so from what I heard, when Elon, the purchase went through, Jack Dorsey got almost a billion dollars in money from that it was like really close to a billion and he took that all and he's putting that into this new thing blue sky yeah okay yeah the, the 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 new thing is called blue sky and what i understand is exactly what you just said is that there is i mean how how money gets traded between left hand and right hand who knows but he's starting a new thing there is a uh They've gotten thirty thousand signups in just the last forty-eight hours. This coming last uh, last week or so, uh, and Blue Sky is starting to get some signups, uh, and it's interesting. I think it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. We'll have to watch and see what happens with this competitor, because I see a lot of people, and I don't necessarily. I'm not leaving Twitter. I I have no reason to leave yet. They haven't really made my life any worse <laughs> other than, you know, not giving me a blue check mark when I wanted one. Now I have to actually go pay for it, which feels a little cheap, I gotta be honest. Or a little <laughs> but expensive. Anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know I, if I'm gonna I, I said, don't actually don't know if I'm gonna upgrade. I don't know if I'm gonna pay for it. I said it. out loud I said out loud that I would do it. Uh you know, in the, on this show I said that I would totally pay for a blue check and and other well, analytics what do you and get other besides, things. From so Twitter. yeah, if you get other stuff, if you get anal, if you if there's really a value there that's different. If you just get it for the blue check mark, I don't care. No, exactly. It's exactly. got to be not something worth more. Nobody's on nobody's nobody's looking at my account going, "Is that really Robert Rose?" You know, no so there's no I don't I don't have any delusions that adding a blue check mark to my name is going to make people go, ooh, what he says is more important now. I mean, I'm just a chucklehead yeah, on Twitter sharing the news. But Think about this. It's interesting. So if you have a, mil a million, and I'm thinking about the, you know, the Prof G idea where, well, not his idea, but he talked about it, where if you have so many followers, you have to pay for the amount of followers you have. Well, that's done in some SaaS software like if you an email that's definitely done but it's it's not done in social media if i have a million followers on youtube i don't get taxed for it what do they do they try to offer me services so that i can monetize those one million so 
Twitter's coming at it from the exactly opposite way. It's like, we're just going to extract, extract, instead of, okay, well, great. You've done a really good job building your audience. How can we help you make money here? Right. That's And of course, they'll make money with that. So it's just an interesting way to go about business. But do you think that that uh, Zuckerberg should waste his time on a competitive service. He's doing really important things. He's trying to build legs on the people in the metaverse because they didn't have any legs when they started. It was just That's Mark's right. head and body and torso, no legs, legless. <laughs> well, that's a problem. Yes. That's a it is a problem. It is problem. a problem that that this is the big news that that adding legs to the bottom of 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 uh twitter avatars or excuse me facebook uh uh and metaverse avatars is a is the big news here so <clears throat> yeah I, I i oh there's so much there's so much to talk about when it comes to facebook and their results and we talked a little bit about it last week on the on the show but where facebook is it, it is not in a dissimilar place that Twitter is at the moment where it's a bit of an existential moment for them. You know, the the it's easy for us to look at Facebook in isolation and go this is madness, this metaverse new adding billions of dollars to their expense line every quarter as they try and go down this, you know, Don Quixote route that Zuckerberg seems to be on. But at the same time, they're doing okay. I mean, the the money is coming in. They're it's not like they're they're not making money. They are making money. They are making good money, less than they have made in the past. But they're still making billions and billions and billions of dollars. However, it still feels existential for some reason. It still feels like this could be the end of Facebook. This could be the end of Twitter. And it's really kind of ridiculous when you look at their numbers. Because you're right, they're still a growing company. The the real impact on profitability is the fact that, for let's take a look at Google. Google's the same way. It's, growth is slowing, uh, but they they're cutting back expenses. The difference in Facebook is that they're not. They are doubling down on this one big idea called the metaverse, right? And that's the concern. I would. <clears throat> I don't know if that's the right angle. If you would say, hey, look, do, do you really put in, if you look at, um, you know, a number of, GE used to do this, a number of really important companies back 30, 40 years ago, they used to say, we're going to make four or five different bets and we're going to take our CapEx funds and we're going to spread them out because we know just like if you were investing in stocks, not all of them are going to hit, but not Zuckerberg. He's putting almost everything into this metaverse. Not market. almost. He's putting. Well, I mean, you're, you've got. Seems. I mean, in, there's Instagram is is amazing. What Instagram has accomplished is incredible. Facebook itself, you, you, I guess you could say it's plateaued. It's tougher for them to get users. I mean, I don't know. But if you if you thought about back in the day, a lot of people used to get their news from Facebook. You don't get your news from Facebook anymore because once you see news, it's generally two days old. <laughs> right. That's right. So you're not getting any news. Now, if Meta wants to be the provider of news, which they once were, then maybe you have an opportunity and say, well, we should we should make the next Twitter because if if, if you're if you want real time news, where are you gonna go? Twitter's number one source. I think for 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 most for news. For things that are happening in things real that are time. Happening yeah, in real, real time. Yeah. People yep. find out on Twitter, your journalists are on there, your celebrities are on there, your market makers are on there. So, yeah. There. I mean, how many times do you watch CNN or any cable or broadcast news? And I mean, I don't know about you, my local news uh, program that gives me weather and the local sports and the crime report and all of that, they now have a segment, as do many of the national news organizations as well they've got a segment where they just retweet tweets that you know what's what's happening what's trending right now in in the news with celebrities and it's usually lifestyle oriented content you know what has kanye done or what has kim kardashian done or just uh, today as we record this the rapper i'm forgetting his name who got shot in houston 
that was breaking on Twitter. And it was Twitter where every time I saw it on the news, it was like on Twitter, you saw this and you saw that. And Twitter has become a huge resource for breaking news in, in real time. And it's one of the things that has become so valuable about it, actually, in, in, in going back to your question around the international uh, you know, relations with this, is across the globe, you see citizens using Twitter as a means of capturing what's going on in war zones and in protests and in everywhere the government is overreaching or elections, just the elections in Brazil um, that just went down. All of this stuff is happening, and there is a real value to having a social network like Twitter, where it is about the real-time things that are going on and connecting with people in in a real-time way. It there, There's a value there, and, and Twitter has, in many ways, transcended that to the in so many ways to the dark side of that you know that equation as well which is of course the hate speech and the ability to spread misinformation and you know spread rumors and uh, conspiracy theories and and all of those things and that's the balance right that you have to take if you're an Elon Musk coming in and buying this incredibly powerful platform that is an incredibly small business you know comparatively speaking to the to the others that are out there yeah. I, I love what Jay Bear used to say he, he would say that Twitter isn't about how many are on the network it's about who is on the that's network. right and, and still is that way yeah that and that is something that so far I think Elon hasn't really grokked yet because the whole discussion about Twitter being the town square is not true. It is not the town square. It is it is the town. And it has it has just so it is not a public forum for debating the nuances of policy. It is it is the town with pitchforks and torches for the most part these days, but it can also be the general temperature and zeitgeist of what's going on in real time emotionally and, and capture that very well. So there, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely a, a balance. But I think if we, if we start looking at it like it's a place for every celebrity or every person to have their ability to yell fire in a crowded theater, then, then you've lost a lot of yeah. what Twitter, what makes Twitter special. Well, here's the thing. And as we sum this all up, it, yeah, it, it, the most important thing to the people on the network is if they were able to achieve their objectives, they're going to stay on the network. So everybody's talking about, oh, I'm going to leave or I don't like it. That's a great way to and phrase there it. And yeah, yeah, there are a lot of people leaving because, you know, Stephen King might not like Elon's new policy and he can go. That's fine. He can go. Somebody will follow Stephen somewhere, somewhere else. But for like you and I, our goal to be on Twitter is not only to get information to stay updated, we're looking for reach. We're trying to build our audience. We're trying to get new people to listen to this podcast. If Twitter's able to do this, you're darn right we're going to stay. Of course we are. So I think that's where the most important thing, and we don't know the changes that are going to be made over the next few years, few months to years or whatever are going to help us or not. I think that's where we're at. So go yeah. back to your objectives, marketing people, content creators, is it helping? Great. Stay. If not, yeah. Go find something yep. else. Go focus. That's right. Is it, and and as you, and and on a personal level, is it adding to your life or taking away from your life? I mean, going all the way back to the top of the show when I talked about my wife and how upset she was by losing Instagram, if the same thing had happened on Twitter, it wouldn't she wouldn't have even yep. like, you know, it, I wouldn't have even gotten a text. I, just it's that simple. Twitter is so meaningless for her. She never spends any time on it, doesn't care about it. She's got an account. She occasionally will squawk at a brand that you know did her wrong or something like that and on Twitter. And But eh, she finds it uninteresting and so doesn't care. And so if she'd gotten suspended from Twitter, wouldn't have cared about it because it's just not part of her life. But Instagram, on the other hand, is. And so I think it's a, it's a great reminder for ourselves because I, I asked that question to myself. I said, 
huh, if I had gotten a message from Instagram saying my account had been suspended, would I be mad? And the answer is no. Yeah, me either. I, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't spend any time on I probably should spend more, but I spend zero time, and not zero time, but maybe I post once a month to Instagram. I wouldn't have, and I, I spend almost no time consuming content on Instagram. You know, I remind myself that I should and go and look at it and, you know, it's uh, fine. Now, if my Twitter account had been suspended, I'd care because it's meaningful, uh, theoretically, I don't know analytics on it, but meaningful for, for my business. And I've spent a lot of time there and I, w- I would care deeply. Facebook, same thing. I, I like Facebook for consuming content from my friends. I don't really post there that much. So it's LinkedIn, on the other hand, oh, I would be crushed. LinkedIn is hugely valuable for me. It's so strange. Everybody's different. When I've yeah, been flying a really lot in, in airplanes lately, and almost to a T, everyone else is either on Instagram or TikTok. Right. And I'm not on either. Of, and I'm not on either consumer, of those. Yeah. So it's just it's weird to see that. I mean, I am on Twitter and LinkedIn are my two primary. Yeah. And then Facebook, Same as here. you know, I will post once every other day or once every three days about where I'm at. Like, what am I doing? Right. And it's mostly for family. Hey, we did this right. today. Or, hey, here. I saw my cousin today yep. or whatever. That's it. So, Yep. My big meaningful post on Facebook today was the fact that microwaving a breakfast burrito is still like trying to solve Fermat's last theory. I mean, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's way more complex than it needs to be. Um, Why were you right, microwaving to, a burrito? I'm not, let's A fine. breakfast burrito. Yeah. I'm microwaving a breakfast burrito. It's a frozen breakfast burrito, and I'm trying to microwave it so I can have some breakfast before all my meetings. Okay. So, I mean, the, the Kardashians you know. live right down the street. I'm sure they had a wonderful breakfast out there. Oh, I'm yes, I'm, and I'm sure they'd love me showing up, knocking on the door, and asking for pancakes. Oh yeah, well, if I'd you ever do that, please let me know because I got to get it on I video. Will. Yeah. I can, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'll take a selfie. I'll do a TikTok uh, on it. There we go. Yeah. That could be my entree into TikTok. All right, let's do our rants and raves where Joe and I go off on a little bit of a rant or a little bit of a rave uh, where we're not going to talk about Twitter, but it makes us feel like we've been suspended from Instagram or that we've actually been suspended from Instagram. Um, let's. Uh, do you want to go first or shall I go first or what do you want to um, do? I'm, yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Uh, my whole thing okay. was I just had some interesting interactions with some artificial intelligence tools and I thought I'd talk about them because I thought maybe it would be helpful. That's all I'm trying to be, Robert, just just trying to be helpful to people. And there's two things that I've been using. And people, I don't know if uh, listeners actually have seen the difference in the art for each show for this podcast, This Old Marketing. Yeah. But I've been, um, I've, the last few episodes, I've been using base, something called Dolly 2, or you can go to openai.com and get access to it. Anyone can, can get access. We've talked about it on this show. But now that yep. everyone get access... I'm trying to figure out how to use uh, this software that I don't have to necessarily get rights for, and I can do it quick. So just to give you an idea, it generally took me about 15 to 20 minutes to find an image that I could use for the podcast. doesn't seem like much, but it's something that I didn't really enjoy doing. I'd go ahead, find the image, throw it into the episode template, and done and done. And now I'm going in using Dolly 2, and I'm typing in a description, like I think the the last one that I did was we were it was talking about Facebook going down, and I said I wanted I want a picture of a large ship sinking futuristic style, and it gave me up four options, and I loved all of them. And so, yeah. literally, the time it took me to write that thirty seconds, boom, got that. So I'm I basically I'm done with my job in five minutes, and I think it's better than what I've been doing, a lot better than what I've been doing. So I'm really into this idea of when and and here's the thing if people are asking hey why can't you use a graphic designer or a human to do that we have done that in the past but because you and i produce a show and you know we do a show and basically two hours later i've got that thing produced timing doesn't allow for a human being to get involved in that process at least i haven't found that to be the case nor does it so and and the key this is yeah that's that that's the key piece is that we have made a creative decision that you don't you know, and we talked about this on the show as well, which I think is such an important distinction and why I hear what designers are saying, but I don't believe that AI is a replacement for designers at all. And it is because some content is constructed and some content is created. 
And so when we construct content, like we need, we need a very fast, we need, it doesn't need to be visionary. It does not need to be super creative. You just need something original, fast, quick to represent a, you know, what will be a fleeting uh, experience for a consumer to look at the image of our podcast thumbnail and click into it. So you need something constructed. It's like a webinar abstract, right? You got to write a webinar abstract or you got to write the abstract for the podcast episode. That's a great application for AI because you need something fast, yep. not terribly creative, uh, and or just you know executed and constructed quickly versus if we were creating a new logo for our podcast or if we were creating a new images for us yes, for much an event or something, of course we would engage a designer for that. I think it's, that's such an important distinction to make. So this leads into the last tool I used, which was an AI writing tool called Jasper. Have you heard of Jasper before? Yeah, I hate it. Yeah, I don't like it. Okay, well, I've been testing it. And I got to tell you, depending, again, back to what you said, depending on your goal, it can actually work. I can see the applications of it. So I did two quick tests. I did how to gain newsletter subscribers. I said I wanted a blog post in Jasper. I'm targeting content creators, newsletter writers, entrepreneurs, whatever. Tone is professional. 30 seconds. I received a 500-word, four-point with the conclusion overview that I would not publish by itself, but I could use as good base fodder for writing a longer art. I could see it saving time. So from that's no, I'm not a big same thing. Yeah. So yeah. from that standpoint, yeah, so it can work. The the other thing was I was thinking, and I've always thought this. Can AI actually write a novel? And I've been told that it's very hard for AI to do that because you got to put in so many examples to get somebody's voice and the characters, whatever. And I said, well, what if I did this? So I, I would research some articles, and I found out if you prompt it with three or four paragraphs, it will continue the story. So I went and I took the old my old uh, introduction from The Will to Die, and I post put it in there, and I put it in, and I said, give me out another four or five paragraphs, and I was actually quite impressed. It went a co- completely different direction than I thought it would, but it was interesting. So I could see if you are a novelist that you could go into this and use it if you're stuck, if you don't know the direction, if you need a little bit of, I don't know, wherever you're, whatever you're trying to get. So that right now where we're at with these tools, I think they're really good as crutches for a content creator, especially if you're stuck or especially if you need to get something done very quickly. So Yep, agreed. A hundred percent. They are twenty twenty three's version of Photoshop. Yeah. They are yeah. they are they are they are good at helping you execute what was your idea to begin with. Um and they're not a replacement for a designer or an artist or a writer. They are like a good research assistant or like a good co-writer. They help you co-create something in a way that you might not have thought of it before. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what my whole white paper on this, on this topic was all about, which was, you know, how these solutions are becoming uh, very much like digital research assistants or digital, digital helpers, if you will, for us to create either scratch versions or, you know, or construct the multiple versions of an idea that we have, or in your case with the brainstorming, help us maybe think a little bit outside the box about directions we could go in. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I was fascinating. The, the, the biggest surprise for me, I was not surprised with the blog post because there's a lot of engines, AI engines that can go out there and throw a blog post together for you in two seconds. I was surprised yeah. about how quickly it picked up on the tone and feel of the fiction writing. Yeah. That, that was a surprise and that's, to me. And by the way, this is my challenge with, you know, the positioning. So it's, and Jasper is especially uh, uh, guilty of this, um, which I don't think they're doing themselves any favors in the way that they position themselves right now, which is as, you know, I mean, it's just it's just pervasive in my Facebook feed right now, the ads for Jasper and, and on LinkedIn and stuff like that. And, and the way they are positioning themselves right now is as a magic black box. In other words, you, you know, Put in query, get magic out, and basically you don't have to think about writing because it now makes you an editor and you're 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 you know it does all the hard quote unquote lifting for you. It's like, no, that's not what that's. It's a very subtle but very important distinction. And if you want this story to work for you, it's not a magic black box. Yeah. It's not something that takes away the quote unquote drudgery of writing. Writing is not a drudgery. Content creation is not a drudgery that we're looking to replace. 
This is something that helps magnify your efforts. It's a very different positioning. And I don't think Jasper and some of the others that are like Jasper are doing themselves any favors by making this seem like it's black magic. Well, I see why they're doing it because they're getting plenty of signups. But to your point, the long-term play would probably be cut your content creation time by half or something That's like right, that. That's right. But go look at, but here's what's interesting. Go look at some of the comments on those ads. Like when they post those ads. Are on they real negative? Media, look at the comments. Yeah, there's a lot of them that are like, how dare you? You know, you're trying to replace artists. You're trying to replace designers. This is awful. You know, I can't believe anybody would fall for this. You know, I mean, there's, they're creating a lot of pushback, which I, I get the whole outrage marketing part of that, the sort of the tension that, you know, you want to have that conversation. But I don't, I don't believe, this is me talking now, I don't believe they're doing themselves any favors for furthering the, the, the usefulness of the technology by positioning it in that way. They're... They would be much better off by saying, you know, it's it's a helper. It's you know to 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 magnify your efforts. You know, so it actually adds to your process. It adds to the complexity of what you're doing now. Just like Photoshop did. Just like you know all the other digital photography that was an additive piece of the process, not something that replaced a part of the process. Yeah, it's an assistant. Yeah, you're right. Okay, exactly. what do you got? What do you got? All right, very quickly. Well, and funny enough, mine's on AI too, um, or at least the potential for AI. Um, but the it's from an article that we'll link to in the show notes from What's New in Publishing. By the way, that site doesn't get enough attention. It's a lovely, wonderful site. Um, I really like it. The headline is how dynamic paywalls are helping publishers connect potential subscribers with the right offer at the right time. And it's basically an article that talks through how the dynamic use of paywalls are starting to be used by publishers, um, smart paywalls, if you will, where uh, the example they use is maybe a reader who avidly consumes sports content from a particular publisher well, they may see the paywall go up after consuming a lesser number of sports-related articles as compared to other topics. So in other words, you go to the New York Times and you're a sports lover. Yeah, you can surf business and you can surf the news all you want because you very rarely come in and do that. But then when you go to sports, maybe the second or third article in, boom, it hits you with a paywall because it's it's learning, right? It's learning about what you care about. So it's it's going to basically help that. These intelligent paywalls, as they go through it, are increasingly um, going to use artificial intelligence in order to, you know, what form fields are asked for, when they're asked for them, and optimizing for those sort of uh, those paywall and e-commerce and what they're protecting as part of it. And I just went, this is the solution that B2B is looking for in so many ways. Um there needs to be exploration. If you're in B2B marketing and you're thinking about gating and ungating content, having, and it's top of mind because one of our clients right now, every single call to action on their website that says, you know, request a demo, talk to a salesperson, have a conversation with one of our consultants, talk to us about a product, get a price quote. All of them go to the same form. And this is a billion dollar company. And they all go to the same form, which the name of the form is request a demo, talk to a salesperson. And and it's basically 17 fields of information, including your industry and your name and all that personal information. But they don't need all that for all those different queries. And they need additional stuff for some of the other queries. So it's, it's not terribly relevant, but I know why they do it because it's just easy to point everybody to one form than it is to have multiple versions of different forms. So this would be a way around that. This would be a next evolution of that using dynamic forms and dynamic paywalls to protect thought leadership and those kinds of things. And I just found it really interesting. So I think it's a wonderful article to go read. And then maybe somebody entrepreneurial will go out there and start building this into their solution. I just think it's fascinating. Maybe you should do it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> nope, not me. I, I advise people on doing it. I, I don't yep, actually do I any of the of work. I business a long time ago. I want somebody else to go do this yes. because I'm excited for them, but I don't want to do That's it. That's exactly, yes. You've, you've made a really good career of telling people what to do, but not actually doing exactly. the thing. Exactly. Do what I say, <laughs> not as I do. Oh, <laughs> uh, Anyways, what do you got coming up here? Anyway, well, you know, what we've got coming up here is uh, a lot of stuff, I guess, clients, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and uh, uh, really, I got some travel this week. I'm going to do a keynote um, and in New York. So I'm back to New York for the first time in a few. And then 
uh, back next week um, and uh, just neck deep in client work. How about you? Yeah, we're uh, we're almost at early bird ending for Creator Economy Expo. We have six months from today, actually, until CEX 2023. I feel like we just did the last one, but so working hard on that, putting the speaking to, uh, schedule together, sponsorship packages, all that fun, fun stuff. And, uh, and then actually next week, which is why we have a special episode next episode is, uh, I'm going to have a little downtime siesta time, uh, with, uh, with my favorite person, my wife, and we're going to go, uh, we're going to take a little vacation time, but not before I will see you. Hopefully if you get back from your travels, I'll see you this Friday. So that is exactly right. I'm going to hope to see you this Friday to go listen to some music with your brother. There you go. And yes, next week we do have a special episode. We hope you'll stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, well, just remember, everybody, it is your story to tell. Tell it well. We will see you next week on This Old Marketing Book.